0: This is the shift podcast today on the shift daily podcast. We pay tribute to Bob Barker with a game show themed edition of game showy trivia. Kelsey Campbell joins us. How can you tell when your taste at music is getting old? Canadian music expert and podcast host, Alan Cross tells us and helps us explain why we consume new music the way we consume it and how it's drastically changed and how our music gets old. And are you okay with job applications? We're trying to encourage Ryan to apply for a job, but not really a job. Anyway, you'll get it when you listen to the Shift Daily Podcast.
1: This is the Shift Podcast.
0: Welcome to Game Showing, Canada's favorite radio game show. In case you didn't just hear that part... I need to turn that down a little bit. It's really loud. Sorry, (laughs) Jono. It is with a heavy heart that we saw the passing of the iconic Bob Barker. So we thought this week we would have a special salute to all things game show on Game Showy. Our guest is Kelsey Campbell she's spicy and scares me a little bit and our host is ryan o'donnell Uh, thanks bob
2: and by thanks bob i mean thanks bob barker for being the greatest game show host of all time absolutely the greatest people have come close but i don't think anybody will match the legacy maybe pat sajak maybe uh He was a truly incredible host who was the benchmark of sick days. Whenever I was sick at home from school, the price is right Mm. and beyond, and I (sighs) would feel comfort watching Bob Barker make people richer by just hosting a fun game show. Tomato soup,
0: grilled grilled cheese, and Bob Barker.
2: Right.
1: Yes. It is multi-generational in that way. Those mm -hmm. were sick days for me, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Now that that's still the thing, just with Drew Carey being the host. But today we are celebrating the l- legacy of Bob Barker, but also just the amazingness that is game shows. So here is how this works. If you're new here, our contestants are going to pick a difficulty and a, a question, and difficulty of said question. And it makes sense that today, for our game showy edition of game showy, we would be playing for brand new cars that's right you could win a brand new car so one oh, brand God. new car is an easy oh, no. question and i can't do it again three He's broken brand We've new broken cars yeah is a hard one so if you get the question right you'll hear this <Yeah>! If it's wrong, you'll hear this. You
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> fool! Gilbert Gottfried on ho- Hollywood uh, Squares there. Uh, we have three categories to choose from for our game show edition. We've got game shows and games. The hostess with the mostest. And Name That Game Show, a special audio segment. Ooh. We also have a very special question for the, that is for the listeners, and the listeners alone, the text line special. It's hidden right in this show, and one lucky contestant will stumble across it and could win two new cars. When we find the question, we will hear this.
3: Now you've had enough, bitch.
0: <laughs> Thanks Bob. <laughs> that's Bob Barker from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> that is Bob Barker. Yes.
2: <laughs> now with that in with that uh, line there, that's actually a moment that ties right into the text line special. In what movie does Bob Barker beat the snot out of Adam Sandler? What movie is it? 877-399-9898. Your options are Happy Gilmore. Click grown-ups or big daddy again the question what movie did bob barker beat the snot out of adam sandler happy gilmore click grown-ups or big daddy text in your answers now those are the rules for game showy it's time to do a game show
0: i heard that 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 scene was really bob barker's personality like playful fun chirps competitive Yep. um Makes like that sense. was a that's what I... Uh, that's, many people have reported that, so I think that's particularly cool. All right, it's game-showy about game shows. Game shows and games. Hostess with the mostest, and name that game show. Those are your categories, and we're playing for pride and a new car. New car! Bob.
2: Thanks, Bob. Uh, so... Kelsey lost last week, is that correct? From oh, the chirping
0: yes. at the start? Yes, okay. she did. So,
2: uh, it's, as is tradition here on Game Showy, Kelsey gets first pick?
1: <laughs> you make it sound like it's just a tradition that I've always lost, so lost, I'm obviously
2: yeah. going to no, 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 go no, no, first. No, no, That's just the rule. <laughs> if Shane had lost last week, I would have let him go first.
0: Yeah, I never get mm-hmm. to go first.
2: Uh, you did. You went first many weeks in a row there for a while. That <laughs> was a long time ago. That was just a been whole lifetime streak. That was a, feels like a
1: really yeah. long time ago. And I only yeah. really enjoyed doing this because it just felt like I couldn't lose. And now that I can't win, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> 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 I'm totally the one flipping the the table at family game night. You know, with right? the kids, yeah. if they're beating me at Monopoly, I'm out of here. I don't. I don't yeah, need yeah. this. I got things to do. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, let's let's do this. Host is with the mostest. I feel like mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it means, but uh, I'm going to go for three new for three. cars. Three
2: new cars. So all of the questions in this category are about game show hosts. We all know Alex Trebek for Jeopardy and for being just one of the best Canadians. But... What game show did Alex Trebek host for one night only other than Jeopardy? Did he host The Wheel of Fortune, Price is Right, Family Feud, or The Newlywed Game? Mm. Oh, The
0: Newlywed Game. That's fun.
1: Uh, I feel like I know this. Like it was, it was, um, I can picture it in like the early 90s. And it was like some sort of a prank. Um, He hosted for one day only. I've never seen the newlywed game. It's Price is Right or Wheel of Fortune. I don't really... I want to say Price is Right.
2: Price is Right. The price is wrong. That's incorrect. I'm sorry. That's you not did. the correct answer. Seems a little directed. Uh, Shane now has five seconds to steal. Tick tock. Shane, do you know the answer?
0: Uh, yeah, Wheel of Fortune, because they were like one right after the other on TV. It's got to be the answer. I don't know correct. the answer. Wheel of
2: like- Fortune. <phone rings> so close. Shane got through your car. In nineteen ninety seven, Alex Trebek and Pat Sajak switched places and hosted each other's show on April's Fool's Day. Alex got on stage I knew for Miller Fortune and said, Quote, I'll leave you to figure out why I'm here today. And he hosted the whole show, and then Pat did the other Did Jeopardy, which is amazing. And I think that should happen again.
1: Hmm. Now yeah. So
2: okay, close,
1: Kelsey. so close. Dang, I like I like I even I knew the background, sort of. I knew I was there. I've just spoon fed yeah, that to yet. Shane. No, Take, take okay. the it's cars, the only, take the, the money, route. just go. All right, showcase
0: okay, showdown. <laughs> right, show, okay, showdown. <laughs> I'm I, I'm gonna bid uh, one dollar over Kelsey. Oh, no, that's not what we're doing. Okay, oh, um, I would like to go guy. game shows and games for three
2: new cars. Mm-hmm. Three uh, new cars. Okay, Shane. What is the most expensive prize ever given away on a game show? Is it a mansion in Los Angeles, a private island, a very, very rare Ferrari, or $5 million in cold, hard cash?
0: $5 million in cold, hard cash. Oh, that's a lot of dollars. Um, that seems big because the use of old game shows used to be like, 10,000 and 100,000 was mind-blowing and then the million dollar one came along. So that oh, sounds big. A mansion no in man. LA? Me? Ferrari? Don't think that's appealing to everybody. Uh, I don't think Ferrari would let anyone have that. So I would I'm going to go with a private island there, Ryan. Private island? Mhm.
2: Incorrect. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Oh man. Kelsey, 5 seconds to steal it. Do you know it?
1: 5 million dollars. Five million dollars.
2: Five million cold hard cash is the correct How answer. How much, Kelsey? Five, <laughs> five, five, I want to say five. I want
1: to five million dollars.
2: Five million dollars. Yes. Yeah, not a new car. It, it was five million dollars. Yeah, it, it's technically four point six million, but I just I'm, I'm rounding because it would sound too specific, and then you guys would have picked it. Uh, was as tricky. of May, before
1: you explain yeah. this, Ryan, this is tricky, and I just knew it the other tricky. things weren't. it just felt like they weren't worth a lot, but like. I, it's accumulated over a long period mm-hmm. of time.
2: Yes, correct. So, there, the Wheel of Fortune did give out a private island and a one of one Ferrari, yeah. but the largest value prize is on Jeopardy, where Brad Rutter has won four point six million dollars in a insane run, and that is cool. as of May of this year the longest run as, as of oh, now, yeah.
0: the longest run. So there I'm you go. File that with the it not wins, only was it one oh, not one prize, but it was not five million dollars.
2: Oh. But whatever. Oh, okay. Well you're tied, <sighs> so it's okay.
1: However, right. it's Kelsey's turn. Mm. Mm. It is. Um I'm I honestly I've watched game shows, but I don't feel like I'm super knowledgeable and I'm very intimidated by this.
2: Mm. Okay, okay.
1: Uh I I know that we've got named that game show, and normally I'd be hungry for three new cars, but I I don't want to. I want I want Shane yep. to have to do the hard ones. I'm gonna that one's go. One's really tough.
2: That one is really tough. I hey,
1: just don't have a lot of confidence. So I right? really there Joe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that helping. can be Shane's. I'm he can lose it. Warning. I'll take the the five second. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with hostess with the mostess. Two new cars.
2: Oh, boy. For two new cars. Oh, well, lucky you. You just stumbled on a very special question. The text line.
1: What? Text
2: line special. <laughs>
3: and he's down. No, you've had enough. I'm down. Bitch. I've had enough. I've had
2: enough. Thanks, Bob. Uh, yeah. So uh, what were we? Yes, the text line special. So the question is for the listeners and the listeners only. 877-399-9898. What movie... Is that clip from what movie? Does Bob Barker, host of The Price Is Right, beat the snot out of Adam Sandler? The options were Happy Gilmore, Click, Grown Ups, and Big Daddy. Now, Kelsey, you can't, um, you can't, uh, you, you can't answer, but I don't think but you I, need to worry because I know we've. I know I'm it. looking at um, a, every single a, text a, message, a, a truly tsunami size <laughs> amount of texts. Yeah. Denise, Night yeah. R. Steve, Bryce ernie trigger dan Derek, and every single person Rick. unanimous has Steve. gone for happy Please. gilmore and you must Definitely. be feeling happy because that's the correct answer
1: yeah, two two cars. Cars.
2: Two the only thing cars. bob barker gives out in that movie is pain where he's in the golf tournament with adam sandler and they get into a fight and pretty iconic and um, just for just for laughs uh, why don't we play the iconic line that plays right before Bob Barker finishes off Adam Sandler
3: the price is wrong bitch <gasps>
2: <laughs> that's Excuse the me?
0: comeback yeah. yeah it's foul for Bob I remember watching that and going that's Bob Barker saying those things oh my god well no
2: that's Adam what? Sandler saying I that don't... and then Bob Barker rebutes Says it afterwards. the punch and the chokeout. yeah
1: um ah, okay. you said you must be feeling happy do you know how traumatic it is like how ha- i watched that as a child happy gilmore and you're like <laughs> watching like your game show host icon <laughs> and being like this absolute animal like it, it mm-hmm. was yeah it, it stays with you
0: mm-hmm. it's all yeah. in the hips it's all, all in, the hips. in the hips all in the hips yeah fantastic All right. well done okay, well uh, done shift heads unanimous what is the score currently i think it's uh five to three for kelsey five right to now? Is three what
2: it is? yes five All to right. three for kelsey it's your go Shane.
0: i'm going to go with uh name that game show for three new cars right three new cars
2: okay so this is a tough one shane i'm okay. going to play you the name a theme song for a game on The Prices Right, so because all they have, there's a million different games on that on that show. I'm gonna play you a song for it, and I need you to tell me the name of that game. So here the is the them. song. Cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> yes, that is correct. It's Cliffhanger. It yes. <laughs> was my favorite game, man. That was like the best one. That one in Plinko what it's happens like what goes, happens
1: in cliffhanger he goes up
0: th- the he goes up this the thing as you get the price oh, and you have to stop him before yeah. he goes over the edge and he falls off and he falls Dang, off right. it's the best one plinko's great but that's the best one that's my oh favorite. the the song was yeah. the best man that was the
2: greatest mm-hmm. and everybody claps in the audience yeah. oh it's oh, so it's good. good yes cliffhanger
0: that's the best the yodeling was the best uh and yep. uh, yeah uh i am shane is ahead by one
1: I'm sad that you got it right, but I'm also really glad that you got that question because I would have been like, the yodel guy. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. For how many points? <laughs>
0: For how many? I love it. That was a favorite one. I knew it had to be Plinko or it had to maybe hole in one, but
2: maybe, maybe, but you got it right. And now it's Kelsey's turn behind by one new car. Just Uh-oh. Casual one I'm car. Not, I'm
1: not worried. I need a bigger garage, Bob. Here we go. Game shows and games for two new cars.
2: Two new cars. Which, okay, this is another Price is Right question. Which of these Price is Right games is not a oh, real Price is Right I game? Just
0: give away the answer. Okay. <laughs>
1: yes. You know it? Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, I t- kind of did. Plinko, <laughs> Cliffhangers, Gas Money, or Five Tries? Ooh.
1: Five tries.
2: Correct. Five tries. Buddy That's a new. Which car. is funny because they have have played gas money
0: cars. when it was like twenty nine cents a liter. Yeah,
2: if you go back and watch <laughs> reruns, it's pretty depressing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that makes it. What are we at? We're at seven to six. Oh, so seven to six. I got to go two. Yep. I got to go two. There's only one two left, and that is uh, name that yep. game show. Um and. Uh, Leave that game show for two new cars, Bob. All right, Shane. Pretty simple. I'm going to play you a
2: buzzer sound effect from a game show, and I need you to tell me what show it's from. Here it is. Oh,
0: that's pretty generic. That, to me, has got to be Family Mm -hmm. Feud. Sounds like (laughs) when they get the X's on Family Feud. Survey says... Correct. Yes, it is Family (laughs) Feud.
2: I would have said Operation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay wait 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 wait. i know we're out of time i know we're out of time but all right jonno can you play the the number one more one real value quick. question for me or yeah let's do this one quick kelsey yeah. let's see if you can tie the game right. by naming the sound effect okay for this okay. show because it's the easiest one okay okay so Jono, uh, kelsey the rule is, is the same what is this buzzer from okay what game show hit it Jono.
1: Oh, uh, um, Wheel of Fortune.
2: Yes, correct. You got it. Yes, it is Wheel of a
0: Fortune. One
1: new car! One oh, new
2: car! Yes, you yes! got a tie.
0: Well, do we, have... we could do one more. I guess we probably could keep it even, Stephen, we for questions asked, yep. right? Uh, yeah. Host of the most game, shows, here. and games. Uh, let's go game, shows, and games. One new car.
1: No, I think we're out of time. For one new car. i certain we're anyway. out of time. We're good. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to do this quick. Shane, what is the total
2: amount of points needed to win Family Feuds Fast Money round? Is it one hundred and fifty or two hundred?
0: The most? I thought you had it more than the other family. Uh, One. No, for the
2: final round, for the very final, when you make it to the end game, the very end, the the Fast Money, yeah, where they're all the big blue board, and then they bring two people up, and then totally
0: gapping. So I'm taking a guess. I'm going to say one fifty. I don't know. I really don't know.
2: No. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. <laughs> Kelsey, though, no, you don't get to steal. I, I have a question steal? for you.
1: No, I'm going to You I get to steal, steal, but
2: it's a different question. Okay. How many players are there in Wheel of Fortune? Three or four?
1: Yes. Yes. There's three. There's three. There's three. There's three. <laughs> correct. <laughs> yes. Correct. You got what it. Yeah. <laughs> ah.
3: Stupid game shows.
1: Oh, this feels so good. It's like I just want no. a new car. Really? (laughs) Went through
2: almost every question I prepared. We never do that. Yeah, we don't. Jeez, well done. Mm -hmm. That
0: felt like a game show. It's a game showy about game shows. And we have a new winner, Kelsey Campbell taking home her new cars how many is that two five seven eight nine new cars oh, geez. beautiful thing. well thank you for being here kelsey great to see you i think it would only be appropriate if we just said remember to have your pet spayed or neutered thank you bob barker for all of those which drew carey still does that by the way he does yeah they do it at yeah. the live shows too, with the yeah. rotating. Oh, pieces. when they're on tour, All yeah, of them say it. Yep. Yeah, I think it's cool. Ah, oh, Bob Barker was the best. Uh, the other guys are great. Alex Trebek, awesome, but really, Bob Barker. Like, that's cool. Yeah,
1: I know this is supposed to be about Bob Barker, and it sure is. But guys, I haven't won in so long, and I'm just I'm feeling really good right <laughs> no, now. No, it about you.
2: Enjoy and it. It's about me, it. and okay. I just
1: drove by this mansion on an acreage the other night. And I thought, who has a seven-bay garage? They literally huh. had these. And like, Think of the cost of just one garage door. Mm-hmm. And now I know. It's someone who knows how to win game shows like I do. Because I'm walking away <laughs> with nine cars. They're going to have to. I'm gonna looking be a bigger for house. Two more garage doors.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Kelsey lives in a one-bedroom bungalow house with a nine-car <laughs> garage. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Kels. Appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: This is the Shift Podcast. My music tastes are not old, they are classics. It's vintage. We have all kinds of different ways to talk about things. So we don't want to say that, hey, my music is old now. Although I have to to say when I say that I, my daughter found Queen on Spotify and loves Queen, right? Like I didn't do that when I was young because that meant I had to go out and buy it. I mean, the access to music today really does open up what is music. But at what point is your music old? Alan Cross, the ongoing history of your music uh, podcast host and all around awesome music dude joins us here alan it's great to see you you look great you look fantastic you sun-kissed face look at you have peaceful face look at what's happening
3: you look good we've had we've had 33 degree heat with uh humid of around 30 43 and 44 this week so uh yes i am sun-kissed even though it's beyond labor day
0: (laughs) it's radiating just through the walls of the house at this point very good um okay you've been at this game a long time I've been at this game a long time, working in the world of radio and music and all the things. Are we getting old, Alan? Is this, you got this great article that we'll share with everybody. All the shift heads, but does, are we? Is it evident what's happening? This is heartbreaking to me. This article you've written.
3: Well, this is something that I've been following for a while. This idea of the circle of life when it comes to our musical tastes. And let's begin with when we enter high school. We're confused teenagers. We don't know who we are. And we, if we don't know who we are, we can't tell the rest of the world who we are. So one of the ways we use, uh, we figure this out is by using music. We find certain songs that we love, certain artists that we love and so on. And those songs and those artists help us learn about ourselves. And then after we kind of figure that out, or at least, well, at least partially, what we'll do is project that identity to the rest of the universe. And that become that's why music, is largely so important to us. Between about 14 and 24-ish, there's a 10-year period there. It's a sweet spot. It's our coming-of-age years when it comes to music. And there will never ever be another time in our lives where music isn't, is as important to us or as all-encompassing to us as it is during those years. Now, I'm speaking in general terms here, the general population. Your mileage may differ, but this is the way it usually works. By the time you get into the real world in your mid-twenties, you um, have responsibilities. You have uh, maybe a relationship, real estate, a job, a mortgage, kids, all those sorts of things. And by the time you're in your mid-twenties, you should have a pretty good idea of who you are. So as a result, all these things factored in, you don't have as much time or energy or passion for music as you did during those wonderful coming of age years Mm -hmm. time Uh, (laughs) and as as a result oh yeah. yeah so what what ends up happening is that you become more and more and more divorced from what's happening in terms of contemporary music and as that happens you will go back again and again and again to the music of your youth i read a quote one time that I think is perfect. Every generation has the biological right to believe that the music of their youth is the greatest music of all time. And we all fall into that particular category. There are some people like me who have to, you know, um, continue to be immersed in contemporary music because that's my job. But uh, listen, even I, when I need uh, some comfort, I will go back to my musical comfort food, and that's the music of my youth. Uh, There's some, some new studies on this. And one of the things that we have found was a graphic that I saw, it's called the coolness spiral of death, which- <laughs> <This> is pleasant. <laughs> which uh, basically graphs your interest and involvement in music from the time you're a young kid to the time that you shuffle off this mortal coil. And the study found a couple of things. By the time we're about 31, 32, 33, we've pretty much given up on listening to contemporary music and we start saying things like, ah, music today is nowhere near as good as when I was a kid. Yep. If you have children, however, you probably started saying that up to six years earlier because you know what it's like with kids in the car, they're listening to their songs over and over and over and over again. And you become more sick or sicker of contemporary music much sooner. (laughs) So, you get into your thirties, you start going back to the comfort music of your youth. And then somewhere around age 40, 41, 42, you wake up and you go, you know what? I'm still down with the kids. I'm still hip. I still know what's cool. I'm still down
0: with the kids could be your first indicator that there's a problem. Yes.
3: (laughs) Very good. And for anywhere from 12 to 18 months after that point, you try to become immersed in the music of the day. And after a while, again, speaking in general terms, you just give up and you go back to your musical comfort food. This study also says that once you do that, you're not necessarily trapped into only the music that you know from your youth. You begin to explore, songs and artists from that period that you missed the first time around. So this music is all of an era, but you have discovered that there's a lot more to that era than you remember, because as a kid, you were consuming as much music as you possibly could. And there, of course, were things that fell through the cracks. And I find that's true as well, because I'm currently uh, immersing myself in a lot of music from somewhere between 1977 and 1985 um, that I re- think is really, really good, but uh, that I had no idea existed between 1977 and
0: 1985. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't that tell it tells says a lot about the discovery of music too, and that little bubble that we've lived in, right? For I mean, mm. go backwards in time. We remember when you used to get a mixtape. And it was all stretched and sounded terrible because it would yeah. been dubbed over dubbed over dubbed over dubbed over dubbed. Because that's what you do is you'd hear a great mixtape and you would copy the cassette and share it with five friends. And how many copies down the line was it was it ruined? Because that's the way you often discovered new genres of music, even.
3: Yeah. And the tape would often be stretched out physically because you would have a cassette player that um rewound or fast forwarded the tape with such force that <laughs> when it came to the leader tape at either end, it would just go <laughs>
0: and the high speed dubbing that didn't help you oh
3: yes oh so that was, that was great with um, the dual well cassette decks
0: <laughs> dual cassette decks high speed dubbing but i mean all of those things that was our proximity back then so even add that variable to what you're talking about about the music that you knew say 77 85 versus today's ability to have algorithms and whatever with platforms that when you start to get notions of music that you like you might start to discover more kind of music like that Everything that you just said, Alan Cross, it, like, rings true for me, just so you know.
3: Back uh, when we were younger, uh, even if we went to the biggest record store that we knew, there was only about 100,000 titles Mm. in stock. Mm -hmm. And 100,000 titles, 100,000 physical titles is overwhelming because you see it in front of you, and it's just very, very intimidating. Uh, Today, you have somewhere between 110 and 120 million songs at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And that's even more overwhelming by a factor of uh, Mm -hmm. 100,000 or whatever, yeah, 100,000, 100 but whatever it is. By lots. And you, um, but at the same time, you don't have to travel through time and space to engage in a little bit of music discovery. You know, you just enter in 1985, let's say, and with a couple of other search terms, and then you'll find all this stuff that you may have never heard of before, which is pretty cool. And by, what the interesting thing, when you do that, it kind of transports you back to that time when everything was new to you. So you get that feeling of discovery with music and sounds and artists that uh, were present when you were going through that phase of your life.
0: So I just took your 1985 as an experiment and I searched it in Spotify. Then I clicked playlists of course, and took the very first playlist and the very first song. So to your notion about not knowing songs and knowing Mm -hmm. them today, the very first song in this list, which I promised you five years ago was not the first song in this list. Kate Bush running up that hill, which is not a there song that I knew in
3: 1985. No, so the, the, because it was it was a bit weird. Uh, and depending on the radio stations uh, in your town and how many times how much time you spent in front of the TV watching much music. Yeah, you could have easily missed that song. Mm-hmm. There's this whole notion of for young people today, as song's not new, but it's new to them. And um, I think that's also fantastic because rather than being trapped into this very limited and finite bubble of music that's coming out today, you open yourself up to that 110, 120 million songs. Yeah, it's old, but the recording quality is top notch. It's a good song. The artist sounds interesting. The story behind the artist and the song sounds interesting. So, yeah, it's old, but it's new to me. So that's cool.
0: Okay, so when we're getting old and our music is indicative of old, just to sort of take us back to that. Is is that really when we're in that trap of not expanding our musical bubble anymore? When we're listening to the same songs always? Um, you like classic rock changes. It's it's a it's fluid over the course of time. It classic rock is more of an era as much as it is a genre of music, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, it does it does shuffle over time. So is that really how you see it? Then is when when you get trapped into those, you know, those same old songs from high school, and you never let it go. Is is that how it's we're seeing that we're being old with our music?
3: Yeah, but a lot of people don't care. Yeah, really they, they honestly don't care. They they know what they like. They've got a finite amount of time to devote to music listening because of all the other responsibilities and interests that they may have, and they'll just go back to the well again and again and again. And if you were a music fan between 14 and 24, I mean, that's 10 years to absorb plenty of music. So you'll have your your greatest hits, you'll have your medium rotation songs, and you'll have your oh wow moments with, with songs that you were into back then, but had forgotten all about. So uh, even though you're limiting yourself to the musical tastes of your youth, there's still a lot to explore. There's still a lot to rediscover.
0: Alan Cross, what is one of your Oh Wow songs that was on the peripheral of your your life when you were young in high school, that still today, when you hear it, it catches you as like, oh wow. Uh,
3: I'll give you two really super obscure ones that were on the radio when I was growing up in Winnipeg um, that I had completely, utterly forgot about, but at the time I was really into. Uh, one of it, one of the songs is Don't Kill It, Carol by Manford Mann. Wow. And the other is Walking on a Fine Line by The Kinks. Mm. And both those songs are, are very, very good songs. And we're, we're all over the radio, but they weren't popular enough to be added to the Permanent Gold Library. So they slipped away and have shown up, um, you know, on playlists. Uh, the Kink song I rediscovered over the closing credits of an episode of The Sopranos, hmm. uh, the Manfred Mann came up in a trivia game. So, yeah, it's it's uh, still fun, you know. And and if you put something on shuffle, this is a beautiful thing. I used to do this with my phone. I'd have like you know twenty thousand songs in my phone, put it on shuffle, and just wait to see what come, came up. Now these are actual MP3s on the phone. Yeah, And every once in a while, it throw up, oh, Shape of Things from the Head Boys. Wow, I haven't heard that one for a long time. Or yeah. Tower of Strength from the Mission. Ooh, that was a great song back in the day. Why Why have I not been listening to it for the last number of years? So um, I'm a big believer in shuffle when it comes to certain things because it does lead to some unexpected discoveries.
0: Well, and then some unexpected disappointments. I remember Liddell Townsville, Nunu, um, was a song that I remember I heard recently. And I was like, oh, Mr. Lee, Get Busy. I was like, oh that yeah, was so I, much better in the 90s.
3: Yeah, well, I mean there's a, there, there's a lot of stuff from the 1970s that uh I remember and uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? That it wasn't it wasn't really it that good then and it's not it hasn't aged well now. Oh, you yeah, tell you if, if if for example you're um you were into new wave in the uh, in the early 80s, so much of the music is dated because of the singing styles, the keyboard mm-hmm. sounds, the electronic drums. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, a lot of '80s music has not aged very well, yeah. largely because of the production. Yeah,
0: saxophones. And the,
3: uh, there were a lot of saxophones yeah, in saxophones. the 1980s, <laughs> and uh, keyboard sounds from from the Yamaha DX7, which everybody had, and uh, gated drums like we had in Phil Collins' um, "In the Air Tonight." I yeah. mean, those those were, were were turned out to be fads in the recording studio. And a lot of those songs haven't necessarily aged all that well uh, but to that
0: same point though hollow notes for me well aware of hollow notes my whole life of course all over am radio all the stuff but for me now i love it today like i love it that,
3: but but the thing with hollow Oats is that you know with the exception of maybe the drum machine and just can't get enough um, uh no can do
1: mm-hmm. uh
3: their songs sound timeless mm-hmm they were re- most of the big hits for Hall hollow notes were recorded in the 1970s and early 80s before we got into the ubiquitous keyboard sounds and the, and the and the gated drum sounds yeah so you know in many ways music from the late 60s much of the 70s and into the early 80s uh sounds far better than anything that we heard throughout most of the 1980s mm-hmm. and still weirdly sounds good today Does i mean if you today. go back and and listen to a Steely Dan record from 1978. Let's say the recording technology employed to make that record was state of the art back then, and it still sounds state of the art today. So you're not really necessarily, you know, let's let's okay, let's let's look at it this way. Uh, 1991, you go out and you get Nirvana's Nevermind, and uh, you think it's the greatest record ever. Okay, fast forward, that album came out 32 years ago. Mm. But we're still listening to it and we still think it's a great album and Smell the like Teen Spirit is still a great song. Now, let's go back to 1991. If we were to apply the same uh, standards and say that we could listen to a song that was 32 years old in 1991, where does that bring us? 1959. Right. And songs in 1959 sounded really old to 1991 year, uh, ears. Yeah. But 1991 songs sound like they could be released today
0: yeah that's cool And that's part of this that's cool perspective to look at that I, it takes me back to a couple other ones bobby brown um on vogue ugly oh, kid dear. joe like kws like i do I, even annie lennox right like there's some of those ones that um that really take me back to to some of those places this is really cool um so it's kind of like I, I what i'm hearing here alan cross is sort of that use it or lose it sort of scenario right like get into it and love it and and if you ask ryan o'donnell about his era of high school he'll say things like um lady gaga you know is epic and i remember the benchmark of lady gaga being so good at work but if you compare a lady gaga song to a robin s song show me love from when i was in high school there's no comparison in my heart on the impact of the two right
3: well that's it again Every generation has the biological right to believe that the music of their youth is the greatest music of all time. Somewhere out there is a 14-year-old who thinks that mumble rap is the greatest, most classic sound ever. And when that young lady or young man is uh, in their 40s, uh, it's interesting. Will they look back on Drake as uh, we do on some of the songs that that we listened to back when we were young? Maybe. Maybe. Um, or, you know, music technology could change in such a way that, uh, we, uh, that the, you know, kids of the future have completely different perspectives on the past because number one, they never, ever, ever will have a financial investment in the songs that they like. In other words, yeah. you never go out and buy a copy of the record. They will never know what it's like to hope and pray that your song is going to be played on the radio. And they will never know what it's like to rush home from school and turn on much music and hoping and praying that they would play your favorite video. So the idea and the methods of music consumption have changed dramatically. So it will be interesting to revisit these studies, let's say, 30 years from now, or even let's do it. 25 years let's from book now it, and, and see what the results are. We'll book it. Let's do it right now. Well, so we're we. We'll are, I got to I gotta clear my calendar. Yeah, we're gonna have
0: to probably do it earlier in the day, but we could book it. Um, <laughs> so here, let me create a comparison. I think to what you speak of, which I think is the biggest comparison that we can look at, because you said Drake. When it comes to streaming and all the online things, really the only person that comes close to Drake for impact is Elton John. Now Elton John has a large gap of a few decades without streaming next to him, so you can't really compare apples to apples in that scenario. But really, generationally speaking, when you have Elton John who almost kind of became old, and then became timeless again. And -hmm. then you will we look at Drake a couple of decades down the road, like we look at Elton John today. And that to me is a really cool question.
3: It it is a cool question. It all depends on the length and breadth of, of Drake's career. But at the same time, we have to kind of look back to when elton john was in his imperial phase which is from 1971 through to 1977 where he was putting out two albums a year and um he had number one albums he could fill dodger stadium and tour the world um captain fantastic and the brown dirt cowboy becomes the first album to enter the number one spot its first week of uh, of availability uh, one of the things that we have to remember is that and this is not a judgment call, it's very imper- uh, empirical, is that the stars of yesterday were much bigger in a cultural sense than the stars of today. First of all, there were fewer of them. And secondly, they were in short, the, the, the material that they put out was in short supply. Mm. Um, we also had a longer attention span. Again, we would wait for the song to come on the radio, um, or we would wait for the song to show up on much music. We didn't have skip buttons, mm, mm-hmm. and as a result, you know, we paid, I think, closer attention to songs that we might not have liked the first time out of the gate, and I'll give you the best example I know of. Uh, 1971, Led Zeppelin IV, Uh I put it on side one, and the first song that comes up is Black Dog, great song that segues into rock and roll another great song you know that come out soon soon will be stairway to heaven to end off the side of the record but in between rock and roll and stairway to heaven is this weird mandolin song called the battle of evermore mm-hmm. and like that's not led zeppelin that's not metal that's not rock that's just some weird whiny whaley folk song with some woman singing and but back then, you know, I'd be lying on my bed and the turntable would be across the room and it was just too much hassle to get up, and move the needle from the end of track two to the beginning of track four. So you just let it run. Yep. What ended up happening, though, is by listening, by being exposed to the Battle of Evermore multiple times, uh, sort of against my will. The penny eventually dropped, and I realized that this was a really, 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 really cool song, but it required repeated unintentional exposure over a long period of time for me to come to that particular conclusion. And because we have the skip button today, I'm not so sure that. The the songs that we end up remembering may the young people today may end up remembering different songs because they never gave it more than five or ten seconds uh, of a chance for them to, to listen to you know I'll, I'll give you another example um about 24 percent of people will skip an unfamiliar song on spotify in the first five seconds another 27 percent will skip by the time they get to the 10 second mark and by the time we get to the 30 second mark, about 30, 34% are gone. And what that, that's, that's what that's doing is it's, it's corrupting the actual process of songwriting, because what you want to do, since you do not get paid until the song has run at least 30 seconds, you throw everything into that first 30 seconds in hopes that there's enough candy there to keep people from hitting the skip button. Mm -hmm. So that means shorter intros. That means the chorus up front. That means a bunch of hooks anything to get people to listen for 31 seconds. Right now let's go back to side one, track one, 1987 u two, the Joshua tree. The album opens with where the streets have no name and it begins with a synthesizer drone that comes out of the silence that gets louder and dronier. It's very cinematic. There's the feeling of, you know, sun, the sun coming up or maybe setting over the desert. And the drone goes on. There's a chord change and then another subtle chord change. And then finally, the edge comes in with some arpeggio guitar. And he goes on for a while playing that. And then Larry and Adam come in with bass and drums, and they start going with the drone in the background. And it goes and goes and and builds and builds and builds and builds. And somewhere around the two minute mark, Bono finally starts singing. That song would have absolutely no chance in hell in the air of the skip button yet yeah, it's one of the greatest songs of the 20th century
0: yeah well and what insight to look at why songs are sometimes designed the way they're designed because you got to get a to it.
3: whole other conversation yeah
0: well i look forward to that article as well alan cross i love what you do you look fantastic
3: thank you very much
0: i um, wish everyone could see you um but <laughs> just trust me he looks great surely he looks great there you go you'd be <laughs> proud of your boy um thanks so much for being here alan cross the article we will find a creative way to share it because we can't as easily as we used to uh, thanks beta um, thanks for being here brother
3: you bet
1: this is the shift podcast are
0: you, are you are you
1: okay 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 are you
0: okay with share your thoughts on these stories that might make you ponder 877-399-9898 are you okay with job applications um
2: no no i hate this process is is so bad now it's like mm. you send not that i've had to do it for a very long time but i have a lot yeah, right. of friends when did you who apply are for trying for a job find lately
0: come on
1: <laughs>
2: um <laughs> uh, i have a lot of friends who have tried and it doesn't matter how good your credentials are you send your application out into the void never to be seen again and then if you're lucky to get an interview you they don't happen in person anymore it happens over zoom or something and the whole process just seems so um uh like just heartless and uh almost painfully corporate It's just so i don't like this what it's become now
0: well, and I find that weird because right people, you know, business people say, you know, we're having a hard time getting people. Well, no wonder. They don't after they've applied for the job once and the way they got responded to was, thanks for your email, your qualify qualifications don't meet what we need. Yeah. And that's all yeah. it says, and, right? Like and, and I realize you can't call 300 people, right? But it doesn't add up to me. It it just, you know, I think that the filters and the algorithms too sort through um they they try to add in help to sort through and find the best candidate. And maybe I'm just too old school that way, right? Um maybe it's one of those things where I just think that you've got to be able to really step into meeting people and shaking a hand and looking them in the eye and getting a feel for if they're the right person that fits your company as well as qualifications, you know? Yep. I don't know. I to me and the that's, salaries that's within
2: qualifications too. Is insane. It's like <laughs> like a lower level position. Salaries, you know, maybe thirty five thousand dollars, and they ask for like three degrees. It's brutal. Don't go on LinkedIn. It's depressing.
0: Well, and then you do the link bar bo- the, the the whole degree checkbox. That's another one. You don't hit that checkbox because yep. you don't have a degree. You go into a different pile, right? You don't get sorted the same way. And and companies will put. I want to have people with degrees for the jobs that you. There is no. Way you need a degree for that job, but they just want to hire someone that has a degree. I guess I don't know. It's really dumb, um, and I I hate everything to do with it because you can't. It, it's you got to go meet people in your industry. You've got to do the elbow grease. You've got to get into it. Um. Yeah. Okay. So here you go. Job applications. Now I don't know if I uh, say this right. I think it's Vera uh, Dykman's. I'm guessing Geekman? it's I, I I with the J, I would have said Jeek. G- but it's D-I-J, isn't it? I don't know. It's a new name. It's a Dutch name. Oh,
2: yeah. It would be Deek. Yeah. or
0: De- Vera De- D. D, D, D uh, 23-year-old De-D. Dutch model. And uh, she's an OnlyFans star as well. Oh, good. Oh, yep. oh boy. Uh, she's in search of a boyfriend. And she's taking applications. There have been over 3,000 people who have applied in less than 24 hours. The form that she created for this application includes 22 questions that range from asking about the applicant's astrological sign to determining whether they live with their parents or not. Uh, Ms. Vera also wants to know whether applicants watch Avatar, The Last Airbender, very important question, and who the best artist is, the only options being The Weeknd, Drake, Future, and Travis Scott, which is, you know, uh, clearly, clearly The Weeknd. She wants to know if the person finds it acceptable to hit on her friends, has ongoing booty calls, and possesses a working car. Not just a car, but one that works. Vera said he needs to be funny, have good taste in music, and have his own income. He also has to be loyal and someone who watches cartoons. So that really um, uh, tells you what the expected answer is about the hitting on your friends question see earlier in the survey. Ryan, you'd be a great candidate for this, except for the car part.
2: The car part, music. Um, I don't live in the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, that's I not it. it doesn't say that. That's not on the list. Uh, that's true. That's not on there. I kind of want to fill out an application and see if I get a response. How right. funny would that be? If that's, hey, it. Laura, I got a job interview. It's not what you think, though. <laughs> she, I will say she makes, I looked into this. She claims to make $350,000 a month off OnlyFans. Wow.
0: Right. Um But you got to have your own income,
2: right? Oh, yeah. So...
0: Yeah. I wonder if there's a minimum income on there. Anyway, um, I think mm. you're funny. You have some good taste in music. You have your own income. You're loyal. I do. You watch cartoons. Yep,
2: yeah. still here. Oh. I watch a lot of cartoons.
0: Uh, yeah. Um. Uh. You don't. You're not the kind of person to have ongoing booty calls, right? Nope. Um. You, you don't hit on, you know, girlfriend's friends. Nope. Definitely not. Generally. Uh, or anybody, for that matter. Generally, So you know, it's good. So, uh, Vera's standards are high on that application. Can you imagine how uh, tough the how tough the interview might? Be? Ooh, that's a, ooh, that's a bad typo. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not intentional. That's a typo. Are Hit you sure? <laughs> oh, oh man, that's you. that's. I, I feel you. like this is a whole new benchmark in all things that shouldn't happen. Um, in in all of that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a typo. Uh, what Ryan was supposed to say was, can you imagine how yeah. tough the interview would be, not how touch the interview would be? We just hope they go better uh, than the one, uh, the interview, in the movie Step Brothers as reference.
1: Well, Brennan, you certainly have had a lot of jobs.
3: I'm a bit of a spark plug and human resources lady. Oh, oh no, it,
1: it's actually, it's Pam.
3: I'm sorry. Well, Pam. No, my name is Pam. Are you saying Pam or Pam? I'm saying Pam. Yeah, I'm sorry. Who is this gentleman sitting behind you?
1: Hello, Miss Lady. I'm Dale. I'm Brennan's stepbrother, and I think I might be able to help
3: with a Pam Pam dilemma. Yeah, that'd be great. Pam. 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 I don't know. Pam.
1: Panned. With an M. a D on the
3: end.
1: There's no D. It's Pam.
3: It's like calm.
1: Here, it's P.
3: P-A-N-M. M. M M. Two M's. Two M's. That was the confusion. No, there's
1: just one M.
2: <laughs> uh, I, would, I would love to pull that kind of interview <laughs> um,
0: um pan very good okay um anyway um if you think Ryan should apply for this job with this three hundred fifty thousand dollar a month earning only fans model. Uh, I think you should uh, send Ryan, um, How? what would you do as his reference? What would you say? 877-399-9898. So if you wanted to be Ryan's reference for his application for this um, OnlyFans model, um what is, your, what is your reference say? Text it in now, 877-399-9898. You got to keep it short because um, we'll see if we get one. I just thought maybe we could set the tone here um, for Ryan O'Donnell and um, his application. Um, Ryan O'Donnell Mm -hmm. from Chucker Dan. I'm here. Uh, Ryan O'Donnell is an accomplished actor with almost two credits to his name. (laughs) Actually, it's closer to five. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like this one is Jasper. Wait, it's a job? I thought it was a personal ad. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is a personal ad. All right. Uh, Ryan is loyal. Ryan is um, smart. Uh, he um, really likes sad music. Love it. But but he also likes other music. hmm And um, and that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. I like. I don't. Know, I, I like. What would I say to to a um, yeah an OnlyFans model from the Netherlands for Ryan O'Donnell to go there. Like, Oh, I know what it is. He's never going to leave his Lego on the floor for you to step on. I was going to say something along the lines of your Lego
2: collection just got a whole lot bigger.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I could say, uh, do you have freakishly large feet for a man or a woman? Because Ryan O'Donnell is your guy. You could share shoes.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I've got it. I can seal the deal. She okay. said, you must watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. I have an Avatar The Last Airbender Lego set. Very rare. Very Ooh. rare. So there you go.
0: Okay, well, um, this is important. I, I'm going to actually start scouring the internet if we can get you, like, an Avatar costume, much like your Batman costume. And um, and maybe you could, like, do the Avatar, like, and just, like, send that as your profile, because I'm assuming you got to send a headshot or... A picture of some yeah, sort.
2: It just it would be it would be a racial profiling, uh, big time. Uh, all the oh. characters are. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, big oh. time. Okay. Yep, Hundred percent. Yeah. Can't Thank do you that. for can't yep. that,
0: take that idea off the table. Um, yep. No, nope. um, well, it's okay.
2: You've I, never seen the show.
0: I don't know the show. I highly recommend so it. I thought it was Avatar, like the 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 the, the blue the blue people. No, that's different. not it. Okay, no. different thing. This is yep. good. See, this is why you have a guy like Ryan around to correct you when you're um, mm-hmm. talking about blue people. Mm-hmm. But apparently, that's not even what it is. So, all right. Well, not to mention, and most importantly, uh, Vera Lady, which for a 23-year-old, unique name choice. Ryan's got a mullet. That's what'll seal the deal right there. And as a backup, I know a guy named Jono. He collects money in apartment buildings. (laughs) If that works. Oh, my God.